social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting us. If you're social, then you really could be leading us. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Likeable CEO, Carrie Kirpin, and I am pleased today to introduce Lori Meacham. I've known Lori a super long time over the internet and in person, and she's just completely awesome. She's the manager of customer commitment and the social media team over at JetBlue Airways. She's helped shape JetBlue's social strategy and form the framework for a cross-departmental working group. She is just an incredible asset to JetBlue, and they are so lucky to have her. I saw her speak at Social Fresh, and she just totally wowed me. So welcome, Lori Meacham. Thank you, Carrie. The feeling is mutual. I admire everything you're doing with Likeables. Such great things. We do have a mutual admiration society going, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we really it's do true. love each other. It's a love fest over here. So, Lori, tell me a little bit of the story of your career, because I also know even at JetBlue, it has changed and grown so much over time. But tell me, like, how you got started in the field and how you came to fall in love with social. Sure. Um, so it's kind of a um, an interesting path, of course, like most stories are. So I started working for JetBlue back in 2006. And that was before Twitter. And the reason I even started working for JetBlue at that time is because um, they were hiring reservation agents who could work from home. And I thought, well, how awesome is that? I can work from home. I can be with my kids. My kids were really young at the time. And I can work for an airline. And the thing that I was attracted to JetBlue about, not just that they were an airline and you could work from home, but it was really the brand. I absolutely loved the JetBlue brand when I stumbled across it and and looked at the website for the first time, I was just so impressed. And I thought, there's something really unique about this company. And how great is this to be able to get to be part of it? And so I started working from home in reservations. I did that for a year. And then I moved into uh, the department that answers all the emails from our customers. And um, that's the customer commitment department, the one I now manage. So I started working in that team. And, and it was at that time when um, we joined Twitter. JetBlue joined Twitter. I wasn't exactly sure who had created the JetBlue Twitter handle, but I was uh, watching what was going on. I was on Twitter myself. I really loved Twitter. It was sort of the same kind of intrigue. When I, when I first heard about Twitter and I created my own Twitter account, I was like, this is really cool. I really like, there's something in this, you know, it was just a spark of, of interest. And then I was really intrigued with what was going on. There wasn't a whole lot of activity back at the, in this time. Right. Um, you know, we, we had the handle, there were a few customers tweeting us and I would see responses every now and then. And um, so I kind of pursued that and I found out that it was Morgan Johnston who was behind the JetBlue Twitter handle. And I also found out that he was kind of, um, getting to a point where he realized that there was a little more interest, a little more activity happening there, and some of the customers that were talking to us on Twitter were asking questions that were customer support related, and he didn't have all of the answers. And so Morgan and I connected. There were a few other people as well. We connected on a on a phone call, and Morgan, of course, is based in New York City, yes. and I'm in Salt Lake City. So um, we had never actually had a uh, met in person, but we connected on this phone call. We talked about 
what what he what his vision for Twitter was, and I could instantly see a vision for um, the potential of what we could do with customer service and talking to our customers there. Um, funny thing is, it, Facebook wasn't even part of that conversation at that moment. It was really Twitter, and it was this huge opportunity to connect with our customers, answer their questions in real time, and and building these relationships just seemed like something that was going to happen naturally. It's just a natural extension of of doing that, and um, that excited me. And luckily, I had some really good leaders at the time. I mean, I'm just a still work from home, <laughs> um, working from home. Wow. Um, you know, not necessarily in any kind of career, not even looking at at pursuing anything until this point. And I I saw this opportunity, and I talked to my leaders, and I said, hey there's this thing called Twitter, and some of them had never even heard of it. They were like, what? Was it typically so, um, at that time it was probably used more in a marketing capacity, right? Yeah, well, you know, and maybe not even so much that. It was brand new, and, mm. and it was kind of a, a niche kind of a thing. I mean, this isn't like in 2007, yes. 2008. Yes. Um, 2009, we really kind of started diving in and, and seeing a lot more conversation happening there. So it was becoming a little bit more mainstream in, in 2009. And by the end of 2009, I had actually um, approached our direct, my directors here, and I said, hey, I, I think that eventually we're going to want to create a social media team. And that was, a, that was kind of radical at the time. You know, there were, there were not very many companies, if any, that had an actual dedicated social media team. You know, this was still maybe the marketing department, maybe one rogue person um, right. who was creating the account for a brand. And um, we were already talking about a team. And, and like I said earlier, I had some really supportive leaders who were willing to hear me out and, and kind of trusted that what we were doing was a good thing. Um, we had some really forward-thinking people who were somewhat involved. But, but like I said, with a, JetBlue was a pretty customer-centric company, but also um, pretty tech-savvy as well. And so I think with that combination and, and just our culture of trust and, and the brand being what it is, um, I was given the green light. So I went from being kind of a part-time work-at-home um, crew member here at JetBlue to creating the team. Um, wow. created a, put together a team of 17 people at that time, and we actually launched it in 2010. And um, so I, I began, I oversaw the team from the beginning stages, and, and that was where we really had to come up with, look, how are, we gonna, how are we going to do this? How can we even justify having this team? What other things will, will they be doing, and what's our strategy on social, and how do we scale a strategy from something just a few of us were doing in addition to our regular jobs to sharing it with this larger group of people and making sure that our voice is consistent and um, delivering the service to our customers that, that we were doing on a, a very one-to-one scale and making sure that was consistent. So that was, that was the story of how it all started and, and how I ended up making not only JetBlue my career, but also um, social. Unbelievable. So th- when you hired the original 17 people, they were just dedicated to social. They were dedicated to social. They were also doing a couple of other tasks. They were helping answer some of the emails that mm-hmm. we were getting from customers. Um, we were also a, a team that was taking on another project, which was helping our customers with special needs, um, customers with disabilities who travel with us. We're still doing some degree of that. The social media team still does some of that. And we look ahead at customers who have reservations, who have um, special service codes, meaning they need some kind of special assistance, and we give them information before they fly so that they're prepared for their flight. That's incredible. Do people know about it enough? Because my I just my own mom is disabled, so I think that's such oh. an interesting thing that you do that because I've had yeah. some negative experiences before with other airlines. 
Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. You know, it, it is a, it's a really critical thing, and these are people that need to have a seamless experience just like any other customer, and that's what we're committed to delivering. So while we probably don't publicize the fact that we reach out and provide proactive information, it's something we're committed to doing. So yeah. anybody who, who has had a code like that and has traveled with us, they've, they've either received an email or a phone call or some kind of pre-flight communication to help them out. That's awesome, Lori. And so the team, are they all virtual as well? They are. They all work from home. Ooh. So how yes. does that, how do you guys communicate together as a team? Do you have systems in place or what, how do you keep the kind of overall, I know in social, it's like really keeping that team effort together and making sure that you're all working towards the same goal and doing all of that. How do you communicate? Do you communicate socially or what do you do yeah. to communicate with one another? That is a really good question. We um, have a lot of different channels. We we are the social team yes. and we're very social with each other. So um, we actually have a, our own private Facebook group where we post uh, fun things. You know, we, we keep in touch, touch with, each other, with each other that way. We post articles. We try to host conversations that way. We also have Google Hangouts where we can talk about um, either our strategy or common issues or just hang out and chat. Sometimes we do Google Hangouts while um, the team is working, like maybe on a Tuesday afternoon. We might have everybody call into the Hangout um, while they work, and that's fun because it's kind of more uh, collaborative, a way to work together. But on an, on an everyday basis, um, we have a group chat going with the, the social platform that we use, um, Spark Central, for mm-hmm. our team. It has an internal feature for a group chat, and so we keep that going constantly. It is a constant conversation. Um, you know, we talk about maybe a tweet that just came in or if people have questions, so we crowdsource answers. And that's our own team internal thing, but we also, a little more externally, we use Yammer. And Yammer is a great way to network within our whole company. So, you know, if we have a question for our loyalty team or maybe for tech ops, we can tag somebody there and they can respond to us on Yammer. So Yammer is a good open network within the JetBlue network. And then, of course, the tradition, more traditional channels like email, um, lots of email. We've got to stay up to date on everything. And I'll tell you, sometimes uh, with social media and working for a brand like this, especially an airline, when there are so many points of contact, I think it's somewhat sometimes like playing Trivial Pursuit because we will get questions about little details and and things that we've got to find the answer for. And it's not always common knowledge. And I think that's why some of times our customers ask. And so um, we're always on a hunt to find that answer so that we can answer quickly and accurately. I love that. Trivial pursuit. And I, I would totally all, like trivial pursuit. I love it. I love it. You gotta get all all the chips in the pie. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm making I'm making our own game board. That's it. That's <laughs> it. You definitely need a JetBlue game board. I know. Genius. You do, with all the trivial questions. All the questions. So and I would also imagine that working for an airline a lot of the comments, questions, things that you get are probably very, very time sensitive, right? Because usually when there's a problem or a flight cancellation, it's like right in the moment, right? Yeah, a lot of them are time sensitive. Absolutely. Um, some of them are less time sensitive. Some are just a uh, customer. Today, we had somebody ask about when they would get a, one of our True Blue badges, which is kind of our um, a way we've sort of gamified our True Blue, our loyalty program to yeah. earn badges. And so sometimes they ask questions about that. And we have to quickly find the answer, but it's not as time sensitive as you're right. Somebody who's experiencing a flight delay or a cancellation or trying to maybe book book a flight with one of our current promos or sales and trying to get a good deal. And so how do you deal with the need to respond so quickly? Is it that you have enough team members now that you're able to respond very quickly? 
Yeah, um, our, the tool we're using in Spark Central is a big part of what helps us respond really quickly. The workflow and the way that it um, pops the messages in front of our team really quickly. That's really helpful. Our ability to be nimble and crowdsource answers and network internally is another really helpful thing. Just making sure that our team is not working alone. We are so connected to every other team here at JetBlue, and and not even just between Salt Lake City and New York City, but we fly to 80 cities around, actually, I think 86 um, cities around the globe, and we're very closely connected to all of them. You know, if something's happening in in um, Grand Cayman, we know who to reach out to. If something's happening in Boston, we have contacts there, and we can quickly get answers. Um, you know, if something is happening at the TSA lines at JFK, we know who to reach out to and get some information so that we can quickly get back to the customers. So it's it's also that ability to be really quick with our networking skills. Um, but we also are building a knowledge base. Some of those questions are things that are that have evergreen answers, and so we build a knowledge base that our team can refer to anytime and, and find the answers quickly so that we're not always asking the same questions and getting the same answers, but so that they have um, access to that information as quickly as they need it. And is marketing handled entirely separately from customer service? Are they treated as two separate initiatives in social, or are they hand-in-hand together? We work really closely with each other. We're two different departments. We're located in two different cities, but we communicate daily with each other. And the marketing team has, um, they obviously have their goals. They have um, initiatives and things they're trying to achieve. You know, sometimes we'll post something just purely for engagement and they make sure that the team is on board with that. We make sure that we've given the team um, insight into why we might be posting something, what the expectation is, how much we should engage, um, and, you know, what the goals are for that. And then we also, uh, if there are any questions that come up, our team knows to contact marketing to get answers quickly. Um, again, those trivial questions come up on, on anything. <laughs> so, I'm going to try so and find the most... While we are two separate departments, we work together hand in hand. I am going to try and find the most... The most random question, <laughs> most like trivia question about JetBlue possible, and see how quickly you guys can get me the answer. Ooh, that's, you're that's, gonna throw us a challenge. That's gonna be my next my next challenge. I'll have to maybe I'll <laughs> but I'll DM it to you though, so, so we right. we could say okay, I'll DM it to awesome. you. That'll be good. All right, we'll do it via DM. That's a, that's good. So are you, the test. are you? Are you? I love it. I love. I'm sure even if I tweeted it publicly, you'd be over, up for the challenge. You guys are amazing. So marketing probably, as you mentioned, had like has sometimes different metrics than you guys have. How are you guys measured in social? Is it response time? Is it sentiment? Is it lowered call volume into the customer call center? Where? What is the metric? How are you guys measured as to see that, okay, this is working and working well? Yeah, we have several different metrics that we look at. Um, some of them, exactly like you said, it's response time. It's um, the uh, percentage of social mentions we get compared to the call volume we're getting. Um, it is sentiment as well. So we have a customer insight team, and they run an analysis, and they produce a weekly report that puts um, an NPS score around social, mm-hmm. just like we do with our customer surveys. So NPS, net promoter, yep. net, net promoter score. Um, so we actually measure that, again, um, with the social data, and we look at all the different categories um, of course, the airline has a lot of different categories. I mean, we've got products that we offer. We also have crew members um, and feedback about them and the services we're delivering. We also have our operation, like how well are we um, are we delivering on-time performance? And so we measure, we put an NPS on a number on all of those things, and then we also break it down more granularly. 
in addition to that, we're looking at our response times and we're looking at the volume. And we don't, I, I mentioned this in Social Fresh, we don't have a goal around the response rate. So we don't say we need to have a certain level of engagement, but we realize that we're always pretty consistent. We're responding to about 15% of the incoming mentions we get. And that's probably just a, an interesting metric to look at and see how consistent it is. But of course, a lot of the mentions we're getting are neutral in nature and they're not direct questions or things we need to weigh in on. Right. Not necessarily all good opportunities for engagement. So right. we talk a lot about smart engagement. Um, and then we also measure quality. Um, that's really important to us, and that, especially for my team, we look at making sure that the brand voice is consistent and that we're providing answers when needed and as needed. Um, and so we, we have a whole, um, I guess you could say, question sheet of criteria and we look at those tweets. There are 140 character responses at most, and we make sure that responses fit in, into our social strategy overall, which is um, mainly involves adding value to our community and uh, doing right by our customers. I love how you guys are measuring that because I think that in general it, it provides a good use case um, with the Net Promoter Score. It really helps you track year over year and month over month and however however often you're evaluating it, the effect that a good responsive team can have. Yeah, yeah. And it, it also helps you see if anything's out of range. You know, if, there, if you see a red flag, you look a little more deeply into it and say, what's going on here and what do we need to fix? And why was it like that this week? What was going on that influenced that score? Um, and But I should also add that in addition to all of that, we also measure engagement, of course. Um, we measure how well our posts are doing, the things that we post publicly, not just the responses, but, you know, the content that we're generating. Um, that's something that's also important to us, and, and we look at those metrics as well. And so, Lori, things that are coming in about JetBlue when you see people talking, is the majority of volume on Twitter, or is it in other networks? It's Twitter, hands down, it's Twitter. Um, it is more than more than half of what we're getting, the mentions, is on Twitter. Um, you know, obviously, Facebook has changed. Even just recently, Facebook has changed. And we still get a fair amount of engagement there. But our conversation, uh, we have a constant conversation going on on Twitter. We get about, well, about 2,000 mentions per day wow. um, on Twitter. And do you attribute that to the fact that you have a team dedicated to it? Or do you attribute it to the fact that airlines in general, Twitter is a, a space where they're getting a lot of engagement within the category. What do you think it is that makes it Twitter? Well, really, it's both. Um, airlines do get a lot of engagement on Twitter. It's just the, the, what's how that's evolved in the social space. Mm -hmm. But we've noticed that the more engaging we are, the more engagement we generate. Um, we've noticed that if the more we're responsive um, on Twitter and on Facebook as well, the more we respond, the more people start talking to us. And that is just um, it's a natural phenomenon. Um, <laughs> you know, we generate a lot of that engagement just by being responsive. I love it. That's great. And so do you see any networks of the networks that have come out recently? Do you see any of them being used in the same or similar way? Or do you think Twitter just really has a stronghold on this kind of immediate one-to-one -one conversation topics? For customer support, I think Twitter really does have the stronghold on it. I think that there are a lot of other social platforms that are a good place for a brand to have a presence, but it's not necessarily going to replicate the ability to have these these one-on-one -on -one quick conversations, um, Q&A, problem-solving, um, you know, and, and even just relationship building. The, the friends we've made, and I say we because it is JetBlue, we have made friends on Twitter, Aww. and it's such a unique platform to do that on, and I don't necessarily see that happening as much on other platforms. I mean, of course, we've got a 
a good following on Instagram, and we have people who are fans there and who follow us and comment on our photos, but it's just a little bit different on Twitter. It's it's really that one-to-one connection. So what would you say, it sounds like you really are well-equipped and in a great place to handle uh, customer dialogue on Twitter and other networks. What would you say, if there are any, would be your biggest challenge right now in social? Hmm, good question. You know, the challenge is always just communicating information internally and then externally. Again, it's that turnaround. It's it's always going to be a challenge. You know, you can't have um, all um, 16 or 15,000 JetBlue crew members looking at Twitter all the time. It wouldn't be relevant for all of them to be doing that, but you do need to um, know who to contact and when to contact, when to get feedback in front of people um, and, and how to do it quickly. And I think that's something that's always going to be involved, evolving and, and always be a challenge just because um, of the, the real-time um, aspect of it. You yeah, know, just, just making sure that you, that you deliver that as quickly as, as needed and you don't wait till it's too late so you catch the opportunities. I mean, it's an opportunity and a challenge at the same time. Love it. And so, Lori, when I go on a JetBlue flight and I have an amazing crew member and I tweet about how much I love them and the flight that I'm on, do they get that feedback? They do. Yes, oh, they do. They and do. Do they get recognized in an interest? Like, is there anything that you do for people who are recognized over and over on Twitter? Is there anything that you yep. you do for them? Yeah, we actually track the, the feedback we get for our crew members through any channel. So whether you tweet about it or if you email us about it or even if you call us and mention it to somebody at 1-800-JETBLUE, we log that information and we compile it, give it to their crew leaders, and the leaders deliver it to them. We we keep track of it so that when they get to a certain amount, they get a special recognition and, and a reward. So, yep, we're tracking all of that, and it comes from a lot of different sources, but it absolutely is shared internally. That is exciting yeah. to hear. Okay, so I know that for JetBlue, Twitter is definitely the best network, right, from listening to you. How about for you personally? What's your favorite social network to use? I love Twitter as well. I have to (laughs) say I'm kind of partial. I really like Instagram. I I love Instagram. I love um, the photos, but I think for engagement and for connecting with people, um, Twitter is just so unique in that way. It... um, Amazing things can happen. I have a personal experience that I was thinking, how else would that ever have happened um, other than Twitter? So actually, Carrie, it was at the Likeable U conference, and I think it was in 2011. Really? And I met, yes, I met Kenny Kane with Stupid Cancer. I love Kenny Kane. Yeah, yes, and he was Kenny there. and I have kind of been in touch on Twitter over the years. He flies JetBlue. He's been to our JetBlue office in, in Long Island City. And we've kind of had this connection. And then a couple of years ago, my my niece, who was 14 at the time, got cancer. And Kenny and I were chatting, and I let him know this. And he sent me a box of of swag from Stupid Cancer, and it was so awesome. And my niece was just blown away. She was so happy with that. So that was two years ago. And then just this year, her cancer came back, which was really... Yeah, like devastating and so frustrating. And um, Kenny happened to reach out to me for something else, and I mentioned to him again, like, oh, hey. Um, he always asks, like, how's your niece doing? And I said, you know, she actually had a relapse. And he sent another box of stuff, which was so nice of him. But not only that, so we were tweeting back and forth. I sent him a photo of her in the T-shirt, and she was really happy. It's a huge smile on her face. I mean, it really, she was just it totally made her day. And she was handing out these little wristbands to the other kids in the hospital and to her friends. And 
everybody loved it. I mean, it was just amazing, the effect that had. But not only that, some um, there was another lady who saw our Twitter conversation, and she has a Twitter account, but she's not very, she doesn't tweet from it. And I never would have known this, but somehow she found that and she followed it through. And she mailed me a box um, here at my office address, a care package for my niece, and it was full of stuff that anybody who's undergoing chemotherapy would love. And it was so touching. It was just oh. unbelievable. I mean, I'm going to cry just thinking oh. about it. It was so nice and so generous. And I thought that happened because of Twitter. I mean, that was like somebody I don't even know and have never met. And it was such a generous gift. And um, I took that to my niece. And she, again, was just so blown away and so oh. touched by the generosity of a stranger. And I thought, you know, Kenny's in New York. This woman is in California. I'm in Utah. And we have this common bond. And this, it, it, I mean, it was very emotional and very, very touching. And I thought, wow, you know, that, that's, that's amazing right there. And it's just an example of, of how incredible Twitter is for making the world a much smaller place. It, it definitely is. And it's an example of what it's all about at the end of the day, which is connecting totally. people and people helping yes. each other. Oh, I'm so happy that that was at our conference that you were able to connect. And yeah. I, I, certainly your niece is in my prayers big. Oh, thank you. Big, and, you know, big, she's, big she's doing really well now. She, she had is. a bone marrow transplant, and she's home, and she is getting stronger every day. And she has a great attitude. She's doing she's, – she's on the up and up, and things are going well for her. So That's incredible. Well, you send her a lot of love from all the social ladies for sure. I will. Thank you. Oh, I well. I you, you thank you so much for demonstrating uh, just in one short story the power that Twitter has, um, and certainly both on the brand side and on the personal side, how Twitter is able to really impact many, many, many lives and companies as a whole. It's a really great way to frame it all together, Lori. And we're just so lucky to have had you as a guest on our show. Well, thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And Lori, since you're, you know, a Twitter girl and it's your favorite network, I guess I should mention that people should follow you, right, at Lori A. Meacham. <laughs> and people should also follow JetBlue, the best, at JetBlue. That's right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Lori. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.